and thank you for joining us today. This podcast is designed to help us better understand and love those around us who have made religious choices different from what we expected or would have chosen for them. I'm your host, Cherie Best. I have here with me today, Candice. Candice is a mother of six, a physical therapist, a wellness coach, and an entrepreneur. She's a lifelong member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and a wholehearted lover of the Savior. She told me earlier that she is grateful for the opportunity to share some of her struggles and the enlightenment she has gleaned from them. Welcome, Candice. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Awesome. Well, let's just start out by if you would just share some of your story. Tell us why you're here and what your story is. What what, did, what struggle have you come through? Sure. So as you said, I have six kids and my oldest daughter was my very first experience with a teenager. And I, I love babies, absolutely love babies. And I love toddlers and I love all of that. But then, you know, you love them, they love you. You can deal with a little bit of a tantrum you can figure out consequences, you can put them in timeout, uh, but there's always a give and take, right? And, and I'm always in the, the one that is the, the authority figure when they're little, but that shifts. And as our kids become teenagers, a shift has to happen in the way that we parent. And when my daughter became a teenager, I didn't know how to do this. And I, I messed up a few times. And it was, it was it was hard because I thought I was supposed to control her. I thought I was supposed to tell her what to do and she would do those things. And, and I thought that it was supposed to look a certain way. And when it didn't look a certain way, I made it mean really hard things about myself. I made it mean that I was a bad mom. I made it mean that I was a bad disciple of Christ. I made it mean that I was failing. And that was devastating. And through that process, I have come to understand so much. In fact, I feel like God has blessed me immeasurably with insights and knowledge and understanding. And what I have learned, I desire to share with other moms because the way that we were raised is not the way that we're able to raise our children. We, the children that are sent to the earth at this time have to be stubborn because they have to have that strength to do what's right no matter what. And sometimes they don't understand what's right yet, but they still have that stubbornness. And the way we parent has to be different than the way our parents parented. And and I, I heard a quote once that said, the kids that stir us up are the ones that were meant to wake us up. And Love that. I believe that's true. That is truly what my oldest um, helped me to wake up. So what kinds of things happened that were hard for you? And how did you interpret those? What did you mean that? What did you make that mean for you? Yes. Uh, so I'll start back in middle school, even, um, or maybe even elementary school, I was in charge of a jump rope club. And I did this jump rope club specifically for my daughter because we had just moved i didn't see her having the friend group that she hoped and wanted i saw her sitting on the couch doing nothing having no activity and i could tell that she was getting lethargic and 
bigger than she wanted to be and not not engaging in the things that used to bring her joy. So I decided to do this jump rope club. I had seen it done in another school and I thought, why not? It will get her out of bed in the morning. It will give her something exciting to do. It will help her get more athleticism. It will give her a place to exercise. So I created this jump rope club and and truly I did it for my daughter. And it was wonderful and fun. And in this jump rope club, I was asked to pick up a friend of hers. And so I would every morning pick up this friend and bring her to jump rope club with us. And this friend was not nice. She was not grateful. She was not appreciative. She treated my daughter poorly. And I decided that I was going to make an intervention. And looking back, I should have just let it be. I should have let my daughter fight her own battles. And I should have just allowed what was happening to happen and let it play out in a way that I could support my daughter and help her, but not be the one to step in. But I was naive and I stepped in and I talked to this other girl's mom and I said, your daughter, I can't remember exactly how it went, but I I basically told her that her daughter was being very cruel to my daughter and I wasn't really interested in giving her a ride to jump rope club if, if she wasn't going to treat my daughter nicely. And this ended up having repercussions for my daughter at school. This girl ended up being one that, we were new to the community and this this girl had a whole group of friends that has been together since they were young and anyway it it segregated my daughter and it it was not the right thing for me to do and and she blamed me for that for stepping in when i shouldn't so that was one place where i I know that i messed up and looking back i know what to do differently and there were more we all have to to go through that right before we (laughs) We don't know what we are doing wrong until we do it wrong. We have to learn from our mistakes. And your mama heart just wants everyone to get along. And your mama heart just sees people treating your person, your daughter wrong. And the mama bear comes out and wants to protect that, that baby. And I've learned now that it is so powerful to help my daughter fight her own battles and not be the one that, that does the interfering so that was one where I showed up not not great. Later down the road, she ended up, uh, she was in middle school or high school, I can't remember, and she had her first kiss, which was so exciting, and I was so excited for her, and she even told me about her first kiss, which was amazing and beautiful, and we had this relationship where she knew she could trust me, and um, the thing that happened with this was word got out to her friends that she had this kiss, that she kissed this boy. And things went out on Instagram about it. And people started putting rumors out about her and they posted pictures of things that weren't really nice about her and about having this first kiss where she had this beautiful, wonderful, fun moment. Her kids were, her friends were jealous and they tainted it and they made it something that it wasn't and they, went and they they ruined this moment and again my mama bear wanted to come out and i oh man i wanted to just stop that in the bud talk about cyberbullying get into the social media aspect of it and get in there and be so mad and learning from this first experience i knew i, I couldn't do that 
but I wanted to so badly. And I can't remember exactly how everything went down, but, but my, my daughter, again, did not feel like I showed up in a way that she could trust me. I can't remember exactly what happened. I might have talked to a couple of girls' parents that I knew that had treated her poorly. They were all part of a team also. She was part of a volleyball team and they all kind of turned against her. And anyway, another place where my overzealousness to protect my daughter ended in a in a way that she felt I was untrustworthy. So that was another one that was not great. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard when stuff like that happens. It's so hard to know what to do too. Yes. And at that point, I didn't quite understand how to empower her. I felt that it was my duty to protect her. And knowing now, I know so much more now. There is a framework that I really think is powerful when it comes to parenting our kids. I actually created a, a powerful parenting course after going through all of these things that were really rough. And it's to avoid the three Ds and to engage in the three E's. And avoiding being dismissive, disapproving, or disappointed. And then in engaging in the three E's where we explore what happened, explore it from every angle like a detective, then examine and evaluate, is this how you wanted it to go? How did you feel about that? And then last, empowering him. I know you can take care of this. I know you have the skills and the ability to overcome and come out on top. And I, I trust you. And that framework had I had that in those in those first two moments would have changed a lot. I love that you took something that was hard where you made some moves that you regretted and that you took that and turned it into something to not only help yourself, but to help other people too, so that they don't have to make those same mistakes. I love that you did that. Super cool. Thank you. Thank you. So tell me a little bit more, like, so where did your daughter go after that? Or where, where is she at now? Or yeah. all that? So I started at the very beginning. Yeah. And I, I believe that she, she developed a, a mistrust of me. I, I believe that she didn't trust me. And from that point, she stopped engaging in conversations that were really important. I, I actually, so we live in a town where we could go to two different schools and because of the different things with that volleyball group and the jump rope club group, I decided to put her in a different volleyball group where she would get playing time and she would be seen and accepted. And, um, and so I created this volleyball team. I was actually a coach for it and I helped her. So I do, I've done all of these things to try and, and give her every opportunity to succeed. and. And I believe that she has looked at those things and decided that they were not what she wanted and that I was trying to control her. I was trying to be too involved in her life or I was trying mm. to over, overly insert myself into her life where she did not want me. And so she began to stop telling me things. She began to stop talking to me and it broke my heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so as she continued to move forward, she was not coming to me or her dad for advice. She was going to her friends for advice. She was going to TikTok to advice. She was going to Instagram and all of these other social media things. And at the time she's our first teenager. So we're trying to enforce rules about phones, about 
how much time you have on the screens. We're trying to enforce things and she's, she's our oldest. So we think, man, we've got to come down on her so that the whole rest of the family that, that comes behind her will have a good example and that they'll know how these things are set up. And I had an experience when I was growing up that I had a sleepover and I had some, some weird things happen at a sleepover. And, and I had heard a lot of things from different bishops that have told me things that had happened at sleepovers. So we made a rule that our kids don't have sleepovers with friends. And she fought back about that. She fought back about morality. She fought back about what she was wearing and her clothing. And we're trying to set a fine line. We're trying to help her be an example for the kids. We're trying to really set up a standard. Right. This is you want the culture you choose, not the culture she chooses for the family. Right. And, and she's the oldest, she's the leader, she's the example. And we really set up these high standards and she wasn't meeting them and she wasn't interested in meeting them and she didn't want to meet them. And we became the enemy instead of the empowerer in her eyes. And it was really tricky. And she, she started being secretive and she started uh, hiding things and she started, she, bought a burner phone so that we couldn't look at her phone. I ended up finding things on her phone that she had put in some locked notes that were devastating. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a rough road. Yeah, it sounds really rough. And so how did you how did you come through that? How did you survive that and and get to the place where you are now? There was a time when I found something and it truly, truly broke my heart. And I I didn't know what to do. I was devastated. And so I just, I prayed my heart out. I went, we had a treadmill in the basement and I ran on that treadmill for like two hours cried my eye out. I didn't know what to do. It felt so bad. I felt like it was on me. And I I hit a rock bottom with her. And from this place, I felt I felt like an energetic tie be severed. And I don't know if that makes any sense with you, but it was like I gave all of those cords that connected me to my daughter to Christ and I let go. Wow. And I said, I'm so sorry. I cannot control her. I cannot make her do what's right. And I'm not supposed to. That's that's the devil's plan is to force them into righteousness. And that's not God's plan. And in that moment, I entered, I felt this energetic shift in me taking full control over everything that she did and understanding at that point it's her business it's her journey it's her life her thoughts her feelings her actions those belong to her and it's not mine and they don't mean anything about me either all i can do is show up in alignment with my best self all i can do is give my very best to her and love her no matter what and even if And at that point, she's Christ's and she was God's way before she was mine. And that night I, 
I really 100% gave all control back to my savior. Wow. And since you did that, has that been a permanent shift for you? Have you been able to stay in that place? I really have. Wow. I really have. I, I fall into that every once in a while. I, I make something she does mean something about me. And then I say, no, it's her journey. And because I became a life coach, a wellness coach, I've learned so much about how to manage my thoughts and my feelings and my actions. I understand so much more about God's business our business and other people's business. And I've come to understand so clearly what's mine to own, the how what I can control and what I can't control, and truly what I am accountable for and not accountable for, even with my stewardships. And it has been liberating and enlightening and healthy, so much more healthy for our relationship because no longer am I trying to control her? I'm just loving her and I'm giving it over to God. Have you noticed a shift in her since you have made that shift or since you energetically gave that to God? How has she responded differently or has she? She is currently in college in her second year of college and she knows that I love her. She knows that I'm here for her but she still remains distant but i know i know that she is going through her own journey and i know she'll come back i know that that she knows my love for her is unconditional and when she's ready to invite me into her life i'll be ready uh, and right now it's just really shallow on the surface mm -hmm. but I believe a hundred percent that there will be a time when I can really connect with her. And I know, I know she needs me. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I'm a safe place for her to blame. <laughs> I know that sounds <laughs> Yes. Horrible, but but she, at some point she needs someone to blame for, for whatever goes wrong. And I happen to be that person for her. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not right. But she, she sees me as, as the person to blame for anything that's gone wrong. Wow. And I, I love that you're willing to just be that person. It doesn't mean anything about you and you're able to just let that be. I love that. It's a, it's a hard place to get to. I mean, it's an amazing place to get to, to be able to just shoulder that. And I think it's, I don't take it on. I, I know what's true and I know what's not true. Right. I allow her her journey and I allow her to have whatever whatever she believes but i also don't allow her to treat me crappy right there are still standards and she still does need to treat me like a human being but i know in her heart she blames me for everything and at some point she'll be able to see it she will and i i feel like i've been promised by god that at one day she'll understand all that I have ever done was just out of pure love for her. And that my my deepest, most pure motive is her her success and her joy and her just living a most beautiful life that she possibly can. Yeah. I love that you just have that that sincere love and good intent for her and that 
That's such a healthy place to be. And I love that you're able to take on, take, let her blame you, but you're not holding it. It doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't weighing you down. You're able to let her send that negative energy to you, but you're not holding on to it. And that is such an amazing thing to learn, to be able to do. And it is so important to be able to get to that place. Yes. It, one thing that really helps me with that is understanding other people's business. And whenever I play the victim, the villain, the savior, or the people pleaser, I'm in other people's business. So with my daughter, that looks like if I'm ever saying, she makes me feel so bad, she makes me whatever, she makes me crazy, she she's broken my heart. It's not true, now I'm the victim and I'm not owning my own feelings and thoughts. She can't make me feel anyway. It's my thoughts that make me feel what I'm feeling. So it's really interesting and powerful for me to recognize, am I playing the victim here? Because now I'm in her business. I'm trying to control and, and, and it's not my business and she can't make me feel that way. When you're playing the savior, that looks like me trying to fix her. I know what's right. I'm gonna fix her. I'm gonna make her do the right thing. I, I'm all up in her business. Again, I cannot be all up in her business. And when I'm trying to play the people pleaser, oh, I'm just gonna make sure she likes me. I'm gonna do whatever I can to make sure she likes me. I'm gonna tiptoe around and play the doormat and do all of these things so that she'll like me. I'm up in her business again, trying to manipulate how she feels at not my place. Um, and the villain, I can't play the villain either. I'm going to teach her a lesson. She's, <laughs> you know, this is never going to be okay. She's going to pay. You can't play the villain either. So the only place we can land truly in our power and in our confidence is in that place where we own our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own actions, where we are fully in control of how we love God, how we love ourselves, how we love others, and in how we choose to grow. That's our business. That's it. And do you have any advice about, so for someone who's playing one of these other roles, how do they get out of that and into the, the healthy space that you're describing? Any tips yeah, about what they would do? It is, it is so important. I think sometimes it requires a coach, truly. I think it requires someone to help you see that your thoughts aren't facts. To someone to help you to understand the way you're thinking is creating a result that is not serving you. For me to think my daughter hates me, which was one of my automatic negative thoughts, she hates me. Well, then that makes me feel horrible. It makes me feel ashamed. It makes me feel uh, guilty. It makes me feel hopeless. And from that place, I act different to her. When I feel hopeless, I don't show up in a good way. And then the result is she does hate me. Our thoughts always create our action, our result. It always trickles down. So understanding that and being in a place where you decide, no, if my daughter doesn't hate me, my daughter is doing the best she can. And she knows I will love her no matter what. And even if the result of that is I love her and my daughter understands so much better. But sometimes it takes an outside source to help you see your thoughts and to help you shift into a new way of thinking 
and make peace with those thoughts and process all of the emotion that comes up with the hurt. I love that. And I think you're right. Sometimes we're so close that we can't see how to get out of the thinking that we're in, the thinking pattern that we're used to. It feels normal to us and it feels real to us. Like it's the only real thing, you know, when really that's not the case. And I love the idea to have someone, whether it's a a spouse, if they're not too close or a friend or a coach, a life coach or some other kind of coach is a really, really can be so valuable, so important to help us just navigate through and get to that healthy place. Why don't you take a minute and tell us a little bit more about what you do and how you help people. I, I think people would be fascinated to know about that. Okay. Well, I, I started out my life coaching journey um, by f- losing 60 pounds. <laughs> I was in a horrible depression. I found life coaching. I, lo- I applied the principles to my weight loss journey and I lost 60 pounds. And in the process, I became a life coach and I heard the call to help others who had struggled like me. And I developed a body love weight release program, which is amazing. I've helped over 300 people just completely transform their mind, body, and spirit. I'm a physical therapist, so I know a lot about the body. And then when I became a life coach through cognitive behavioral therapy, I became amazingly understanding about the mind. And through my intense connection with with Christ and my savior and growing up, I have this powerful spirit connection So what I teach is how to live with a mind firmly aligned, a body purposefully loved, and a spirit powerfully accessed. And as I had success with my body love program, I created a Conquering Confidence course. A lot of the women that went through my body love program wanted me to help their daughters, but they didn't want it focused on weight. They wanted me to teach the principles in another way. And after almost getting hit in the head with a two by four from God, like you have to, this is time to do this. I got out of my comfort zone and created another course there. And then after I went through all of this heartache with my daughter and I came out on the other side and I was able to reflect on all the ways that I had messed up and all the ways that I had done it wrong, not on purpose, just naively. I knew that there was something that I needed to do for other parents again, who liked me had struggled so hard, loving and connecting and finding a way to parent their kids. So then I created a a powerful parenting course and that has truly been amazing. Oh, wonderful. I, if you, if anybody out there is interested in connecting with Candace on a deeper level and taking one of her courses or doing some coaching with her. I'm going to put her contact information down in the show notes. So look there for that. And Candace, thank you so much for joining us today and for being willing to be vulnerable and share your story with us. Are there any last words that you have that you'd want to share with everybody? Yeah, there are. I want to express the difference between transactional love and transformational love. And I believe this is one of the most important things I learned from going through this struggle. Transactional love is you do this and I do this. You show up right, I will love you. You do all of these things that are in alignment with what I hope, and then you get all of my love and attention and support. You don't, then 
you're done, right? That's transactional love. But transformational love is like what the Savior showed us. It's not about checking boxes. It's not about doing all the things. It's about truly loving and supporting the person, regardless of how they're showing up. And this transformational love, which offers grace, right? Where when they deserve it the least, we give it the most. When they break our heart and we love them anyway. That transformational love, that is what shifts everything. That is what changes behavior. That is what truly in the long run will allow us to have beautiful, everlasting, eternal relationships with our kids. Oh, I love that so much. That's so beautiful. And just, it's, I love that idea of transformational love that you just, you're truly looking on the heart and not at the actions because that is truly what Christ does. And I love that you just taught us that, that difference between those two kinds of love. It's so beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. All right. Thank you for everyone for joining us on this journey to understand and love those around us. If you have a story to share on how you got to a place of acceptance and love, click on the link in the show notes to apply to be on this podcast. You never know who might need to hear your journey. If you found this podcast valuable, please give us a great rating and leave a review. And please join us again next time for another episode of Just Love Them. Mm -hmm.